you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. And you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. I'm Will Addison. Uh, happy to be with you today. Um, so we're going to start off with some announcements. You can email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. Also, if you haven't put this on your calendars yet, please do. The Marriage Family Life Conference is happening July 7th to the 9th here in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Bancorp South Arena. Uh, you know, we have the, the Marriage Family Life Conference and we have the Youth Apologetics Track within the conference for children's age, children ages uh, 4 to 17. So it's going to be a great time. We've been planning. We've been getting together. You know, man, I believe that God is really going to bless uh, this conference, the speakers that we have uh, this year. Uh, so if you would pray with us uh, for the speakers, for the families that will come out, um, man, I just think it's going to be a great time. It's, it's been great thus far, so I'm expecting even greater. Our registration, our early registration is going to start February 21st. And so you can mark that down. And the first 400 people um, to register will get a discount. You'll be given a discount code for 25% off. And so that's February 21st. That's when registration opens. So you'll be able to go to marriagefamilylife.net and register for the Marriage Family Life Conference coming up real, real soon. All right. But I hope you guys put that on your calendars already. I know it's around the 4th of July, but you can just extend, extend your uh, vacation. So if you're going to the beach or whatever, just come on and drive on over to Tupelo and join us. Uh, for the Marriage Family Life Conference. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, but I've been informed today that YouTube, we've been blocked. So <laughs> if you listen uh, by way of YouTube, hope, hopefully you have a uh, radio near or maybe the computer. I don't know. But go to Facebook and we are live there and I can see us live. So we're live on Facebook. But for whatever reason, YouTube said mm, not not today. No Addison's today. So whatever. Um, also, uh, visit the by design Facebook page, just search by design and also, uh, go to the webpage for by design is afa.net slash by design. And if you desire, or would like a clear and concise teaching on a biblical response to critical race theory, go to resource resources at afa.net. And you can pick up a two-part teaching done by my wife, Miki Addison, on this topic. Uh, just very, very good uh, uh, explanation and also where we should be biblically as Christians concerning this issue. So you can go to resources at AFA.net and get a copy there. All right, I think that's it for the announcements. And so today... Today, I uh, want to talk a little bit about some issues that are happening right now. Um, 
as I was preparing for the show, I was thinking about an email that I was sent earlier uh, this morning, and I'm going to share not the email, but the but the link that was given to me. Um, but the thought for today is, it's already been set. It's already been set. So as believers, uh, we have to get used to the fact that this world does not and will not love us. This world does not and will not love us as followers of Christ. Uh, we have to be comfortable being peculiar, and we have to be, and we have to understand that because of our fidelity to Christ and to the Word of God, we will never be accepted. And for some of us, that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, who does not want to be accepted? You know, who does not want to be a person that is liked by everyone? Well, as Christians. You know, part of the Christian life is that this world and its systems are against what we stand for. And so we have to be we have to be in a place where we're used to being peculiar. Well, we understand because of our uh, the standard that we hold in Christ and our allegiance to God. that man, the world just not going to rock with us. (laughs) They don't like us. As a matter of fact, uh, as it draws closer to the uh, to, to the return of Christ, we can expect to be hated more, uh, more and more, and for there to be attempts to silence us more, and for us as believers to be pushed in the corner, even in America, even in America. And we see that these things are beginning to take shape more and more. Now, it's a gradual thing that has been happening. If you follow the news, you know, we talk about a lot of the headlines, things that are going on, you can see the attempt is to silence the believer, to silence the voice of God, to silence the Christian. And, and we see that there is more and more of a boldness in this area to do so. But man, we have to be willing to stand firm on what we know is true. And it's amazing how uh, we live now in a time where disagreement, uh, discernment, uh, questioning, thinking for yourself, Doing your own research is seen as being hostile towards governing powers or being in some uh, instances is seen as being rebellious. So to have your own mindset, to, to have your own thoughts, to, to say, I'm going to do a little research on this before I just believe what they're telling me. Man, that's seen as being hostile. And it's crazy because when you think about the history of America, that's one of the things that made America great. That you were able to disagree and have robust disagreement and say, man, we can still be cool, but I just disagree with you. Now it's seen as hostile. It's seen as rebellion. And it's amazing uh, what we what we are beholding right now. Uh, one great one uh, great example is the awakening of parents in the midst of the whole COVID thing. Well, now parents know like never before what is being taught to their children, mainly because their children had to be educated at home virtually. So they were able to see and hear what the teachers were teaching and to know front and center, like what, what, what's going on here? They found out that there were some things that they were in disagreement about, you know, and they became very vocal. And that has been seen as rebellion and being hostile. We need to protect our, you know, board members, our school board members, because these parents are so hostile. That's where we are, because parents have been questioning. They've been going down to the school board meetings and saying, man, 
I don't like what I'm seeing. My kid, they're, they're being taught these things. I don't like it. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm against it, and I want you to take these books out of the schools. That's seen as being hostile. And that's an example, one example, you know, of what's going on today. And it's amazing that we, look, we still are in America. Some of our leadership, they see this as a threat. They see it as, as a threat. The mindset is that parents don't uh, need to come and know intimately what's going on in the classroom. No, parents, leave that alone. Go work. Go do what you, you got to do. Bring your kids here. We're going we're gonna to take care of that. They believe that parents need to leave the indoctrination uh, of their children to the experts, the quote-unquote experts, the ones with the, the letters behind their names. Well, praise God for the awakening of these parents. Praise God for that. Another example uh, has been the mandates for the, the COVID shots and, and how more and more of the science is really proving the talking points uh, given by these elected officials that they're wrong. So as more and more science comes, I was going to say follow the science. Well, as more and more science come, comes out, you, you're seeing that, man, these people were wrong. They were wrong. I mean, consider these headlines. And we talked about one yesterday, how the military whistleblowers revealed shock, the shocking truth that the data showed that once the COVID jabs were implemented, service members began experiencing previously rare conditions uh, at numbers astronomically higher than the prior five-year average for those conditions. And I said it yesterday, man, this should be uh, big, big news out there. It's like, man, this is what's happening to our military. And they said that the difference in what happened differently in 2021 compared to the previous five years, COVID shots. COVID shots. After the shots were implemented, the number of service personnel suffering from neurological disorders jumped from a five-year average of 82,000 to 863,000. And then it gives a little summary of the findings. And Miki went through this yesterday. But I feel a need to highlight because they tell, they, they tell us to follow, follow the science. You need to get this jab. You need to get this, this shot. Go ahead. Like for the good of everyone. Don't you love your grandmother? Don't you love? I mean, they try to put this pressure on you. And this is what they're saying. And I, I won't go through it all. But I want to bring this back up as a point of they're saying follow the science. Well, the science is coming out more and more. And it's proving that they are wrong. 1,000% increase in codes of neurological issues. 471% increase in codes for female infertility. 467% increase in codes for pulmonary embolisms. And look, the list goes on and on. 300% increase in codes for uh, cancer diagnosis. You know? 300% increases uh, increasing codes for miscarriages. This stuff is egregious. It's egregious. And the, again, they're saying to follow the science. Well, as these results come out and as, you know, more and more science is brought out, we're seeing that it, this stuff is hurting us. Another headline that I saw um, maybe a week ago, lockdowns. School closures and uh, putting a limit on gatherings only reduce COVID mortality by 0.2 percent. 
at enormous economic and, and social cost, the study finds. So the original coronavirus lockdowns had little to no effect on pandemic debt tolls in the U.S., U.K., and Europe, a controversial report suggests. Economists who, who carried out a meta-analysis found draconian restrictions imposed in spring 2020, including stay-at-home orders, compulsory masks, and social distancing, only reduced COVID mortality by 0.2%. So all of this shutdown stuff, and it only reduced it 0.2%. But you had, you know, Dr. Fauci and others saying that millions have been saved because of these lockdowns and so many more would have died. But as the science and the studies come out more and more, we're seeing that, uh, that those were lies. They're still holding to these lies in a lot of the situations. They're still saying that this stuff, you know, helped. Lies. They warned that lockdowns caused enormous uh, economic and social costs and concluded they were ill-founded and found and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument going forward. I'm telling you, lies, lies. Another one. So now the U.S. considers authorization of first COVID vaccine for children under five. Why is that? Children under five, it seems to me that they're going to make this a part of the vaccination schedule for, for children. But we already know that this stuff is not working. So why are we subjecting our children and it's being considered to, to give them vaccines, these vaccines, these COVID vaccines under five? I, look, lies, lies. It's already been set up. That's what we're talking about today. And, I, and look, you know me. I'm not going to stay on here. We're going to go into some scripture because the Bible speaks concerning what's going on today, even here in America. Okay. And so we're going to talk about it, but it's already been set. And we as Christians, we have to come to a point where we understand that we're not going to be liked in this world. That we are not here to get along and just go along with the narratives and things that just come out. That we are not to be deceived by the lying ones, but that we should love the truth. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. I'll be back right after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. 
You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking from the thought, it's already been set. It's already been set. That, uh, that of course, is Mahalia Jackson. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, I just, uh, every time I hear her, you know, I want to let her play a little longer. So I'm sorry about that. You know, you'd be like, oh, where's Will? The music, what's going on? But that's Mahalia Jackson. Um, so before the break, we was talking about some of the lies that's been put out there and um, that we need to be a people of discernment. We need to be a people, you know, who do our own research, who don't just take what people uh, want to give us, the mainstream media, you know, the elected officials. We have to be um, vigilant about that. Before I get back into it, I want to, and I'm going to be announcing this more and more, uh, but if you want to um, go back and, and watch this video, you can go to streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Uh, it's a free sign-up, and you can watch all the past shows. And, of course, if you go to AFA, AFR.net, I'm sorry, AFR.net, you can get the podcast of the daily shows. But you're going to be hearing more and more and more of the streaming.afa.net. Uh, but you can go there, and I would uh, encourage you to do the uh, free uh, sign-up, and you can watch the shows uh, from previous days and and some some great content that's on there already. So, um, but just want to get back into what we were talking about here. So I was talking about how the U.S. considers authorizations of first COVID vaccine for children under five. Children under five. So we already established that there's so many problems with this shot, and they, now they want to extend it to children under five. It's amazing uh, what, we, what we are going through, what we are seeing happen uh, right before our eyes. U.S. regulators are considering the first COVID-19 vaccine for children under the age of five, the only age group not yet eligible for the shots. Um, after Pfizer, Inc. and BioNTech, uh, BioNTech SE began the regulatory approval process, um, and this was like a couple weeks ago, Tuesday, a decision is expected as soon as this month. And so the company said uh, they began submitting data for an emergency use authorization, even though they did not meet a key target in their clinical trial of uh, two to four year olds. They are submitting the data at the request of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in order to address an urgent public health need in the age group, they said. <laughs> OK, remember, children under five. And we already established that, man, these shots are dangerous. But they want to give them to the children. Hmm. So it's already been set. With these things coming out, and as we see the blatant lies that are being spewed out by the media and elected officials, uh, they expect compliance and they expect silence. They desire laziness on the part of the American people, lack of discernment, and apathy. And so I was informed, even our YouTube uh, has been pulled down for Erin Addison's, and it's because of, they said, misinformation of COVID stuff or whatever, you know. <laughs> misinformation, like we, so we, we're, we're talking about uh, COVID stuff, but it's false. That's what they're saying, so they took it down. Okay, well... Let them continue. So as Christians, we cling to the, tr the truth, right? 
we hold fast to the truth. And the truth is the word of God. In Psalm chapter 119, uh, verse 163, say, I hate and despise falsehood, but I love your law. I hate and despise falsehood, but I love your law. That's the position of the believer. This is where we have to be. With all the falsehood, all the things going on, man, that should be a, a, a position of despising falsehoods, but loving the law of God, his truth. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12 through 14, it says, A worthless person, a wicked man, is the one who walks with a perverse mouth, who winks with his eyes, who signals with his feet, who points with his fingers, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil, who spreads strife. And we see that happening, all these little deals being made. You know, the winking of the eye. That's what that signifies. The signaling with the feet. Like they're doing things in secret with codes, you know, trying to pass things that the American people don't even realize is happening. But God, praise God for the spirit of God that lives within within us, inside of us, that will give us discernment to see through these lies. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. It says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Hmm. That's the same heavy word that's used about homosexuality. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal faithfully are his delight. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. There are a lot of lying lips these days. Man, pretty much wholesale the media (laughs) lying lips all over the screen, all over the airwaves. But those who deal faithfully are his delight. So it's already been set. It's already been set. We can expect as ones who love truth in a world that despise truth, that we are going to have problems, persecution, and tough times. James chapter four, verse four says, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's self-explanatory. We cannot be friends with this world's system, the way that this world operates, the, 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 the values that this world has. We can't be ones who are pulled in to doing things like this world. That's hostility towards God. And as Christians, again, we have to be comfortable with being with not being liked by the world. And Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Indeed, all who want to live a godly in a godly way in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, you can say, you know, they took down our YouTube page or whatever. Yeah, persecution. And that's slight. That's, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not sweating that because I expect that. But there's a lot of heavy things going on around this, the world where Christians are enduring persecution, even unto death, for the sake of Christ. 
And the apostles Paul said, indeed, indeed, you can bank on it. You can rest assured that all who want to live a godly life or in a godly way in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's already been set. It's already been set. And there's a few things that we can understand even about our enemy, Satan. He hates image bearers. He hates image bearers. He does not. Oh, man. And I have to give the, the, the props to my brother Abraham Hamilton III. If you don't listen to the, Abraham, uh, to the Hamilton Corner, well, say the, the Abraham Corner, the Hamilton Corner, you should listen uh, at 5 p.m. on Central Time. But I, I have the luxury of, um, you know, fellowshipping with Abraham. And one thing that he says often, and he, he brought this point out, I believe, on last Sunday, is that Satan does not want to contend with full-grown opposition. <laughs> he don't want to contend with full-grown opposition. And the examples are Moses, he, you know, wanted to kill all the baby boys, you know, because that was going to arise one that would deliver the people with Jesus. Same thing. Kill the boys, kill them. We don't want any king to come out of, out of here, you know, kill them. And we can even look at the abortion issue today. Satan does not want to contend with full grown opposition. He want to, he want to cut it off. He hates image bearers. And that's us. Satan, he also hates wisdom and discernment, but he loves folly, dullness, and stupor. And I don't know if you guys remember, but a while back I talked about the spirit of stupor. We talked about this. The stupor is a condition of greatly dulled or completely suspended sense of sensibility a chiefly mental condition marked by absence of spontaneous movement, greatly diminished responsiveness to stimulation, and usually impaired consciousness. A stupor. And I, in America, and even amongst believers, that's the spirit of, of stupor. That, man, sometimes we just don't care. We don't care enough. I mean, things can be happening, and we're living while things are happening, and we just kind of, oh, that's so sad. Oh, man, you know, we, we have the shaking our head syndrome. Oh, SMH, you know? But, man, what is going to ignite us to pray, to seek out the Lord, to say, God, we need you? What is it going to take? What is it going to take? These things happen gradually. Freedoms are, are taken away gradually. What is it going to take for us to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, we're undone. It's us. We're sinful. We need you. But I talked a while back about the spirit of stupor, and there was a couple of scriptures, and I want to read them here that I uh, referenced then. The first one was Romans chapter 11, uh, verse 8 through 10, and it said, Just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to not see, or eyes to see not, and ears to hear not. Down to this very day, and David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, 
and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened to see not and bend their backs forever. But it stuck out to me that God gave them over to a spirit of stupor. When we turn our backs on God, when we turn our backs on God, we become in a state of being in stupor and we become stupid. (laughs) You know, Abraham often says that sin makes you stupid. And I agree. But we have this position of being in a stupor that we can't even be moved by what we used to be moved by. And God will give us over to that. We're turning our backs on on him. There's another scripture here. Uh, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 9 through 14. It says, be delayed and wait. Blind yourselves and be blind. They become drunk, not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord has poured over you a spirit of deep sleep. (laughs) The Lord has poured over you a spirit of deep sleep. He has shut your eyes, the prophets, and he has covered your heads, the seers. The entire vision will be to you like the words of a sealed book, which when they give it to the one who is literate, saying, please read this, he will say, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book will be given to the one who is illiterate, saying, please read this, and he will say, I cannot. Then the Lord said, because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Therefore, behold, I will once again deal marvelously with this people. Wondrously marvelous. And the wisdom of their wise men will perish and the discernment of their discerning men will be concealed. And what we see in both of these instances is that the Lord did this because the people turned away from him. In one, it says a spirit of stupor in Romans. And then in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, it says he gave them, he poured over them a spirit of deep sleep. We talk about an awakening needed in this country. It's not a political awakening. It's a spiritual awakening. It's a turning back to God. Because he is the one that that has poured this over us because we've turned away from him. And the only way to get back and awaken out of this deep sleep is repentance. It's seeking God and saying, we are the problem. Lord, help us. America is in a stupor. America is in a deep sleep. And I say America, I'm really meaning the church in America. Because the responsibility lies with us, the people of God, to do what God desires for us to do. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. And I'll be back right after this.
America, God shed His grace on thee. We've come too far, we've been through too much. Why would we ever leave? This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison. Addison. I'm sorry, I don't even know my name, huh? Uh, that's John Howard, a song for the nation. Um, and look, the, the simple message is that, man, that, that, well, we have to repent. We have to, um, to get out of this stupor, to get out of this slumber, this deep sleep that's been poured over us by the Lord because we've turned away from him, is that we need to uh, come back to him. We need to turn our hearts towards him, not give him lip service, Right. Not give him, you know, just outward appearance type stuff, but to truly, truly turn our hearts towards God. God, turn our hearts towards you. But I'm going to speed up here um, so I can get through uh, this. But I talked about how the the enemy, Satan, loves um, apathy. He he loves for us to be in in a place of stupor, you know, deep sleep. He loves that. (laughs) <laughs> he loves that. But lack of discernment. He loves when a people don't have discernment. Not being able to assess situations uh, to be able to judge well. He loves that. That we, we, When we can't look at things and, and say, Lord, uh, like what's going on here? When, we have, when, that's, when that's not even a, a desire to know what's happening on a deeper level, the enemy, he loves that. He loves when a people are embroiled and, and, and caught up in apathy, lack of interest or enthusiasm or concern. <laughs> he loves that. No, don't be concerned. Just, just go ahead and live your life, you know. Try to have the, the best life ever. The enemy, he prefer, and he loves us to exist in the state of our spiritual lives and as it concerns us, as being citizens in this country. He loves us to be apathetic. He loves us to lack discernment. He loves this. So I want us to consider um, the latest from the Department of Homeland Security in regards to terrorism. And so someone sent me this uh, this morning, and I saw it, and I was like, man, you know, I want to, I want to read some of this. And this, was, this is the latest and I have to say this, there's been different reports that have come out over the years from um, the Department of Homeland Security about who's a terrorist, what, what are domestic terrorists, and you know, who are they, and identify. And each time we see, when we look at them, look, look at the categories as Christians, we're like, man, uh, that's me. You're talking about us. <laughs> so this has been happening over the years. This is not the first time. But I think what's, what, what, what they're doing, I believe, It's a setup. They're they're trying to set everything up that at the end of the day, it's those Christians. Those are the ones, those ones with questions and have this book. They call the Bible that challenge, you know, things that we say are right and good. Those are the ones who are the terrorists. But I want to read some of this. This is straight from the DHS uh, website, .gov, DHS.gov. The United States remains In a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives 
and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and mal information, MDM, introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. Uh, these threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence, mass casualty attacks, and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. While the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors has increased the volatility, un, uh, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. Number one, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives, which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. <laughs> Do y'all hear that? Well, I'm going to get into it a little bit with the time remaining. Number two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. Uh, critical infrastructure, soft targets, and mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher education, uh, racial and religious minorities, government uh, facilities and, and personnel, including law enforcement and the military, the media, and perceived ideological opponents. And number three, calls by foreign terrorist organizations for attacks on the United States based on recent events. So then it goes on to give you kind of a, some additional details. That was like the summary. But number one, if you remember, is the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in the U.S. government's uh, institutions. And so they say, for example, for example, there is widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspired violent extremist attacks during 2021. Malign foreign powers have and continue to amplify these false or misleading narratives in efforts to damage the United States. So that's number one. So they're pointing out that the widespread um, feeling of election fraud by people or, you know, the um, information concerning COVID-19, which people are like resisting and saying that that's not that's a cause for alarm. Now, remember, this is the. Uh, terrorism threat. So these people, and look, I was just talking today, <laughs> early in, in segment two about the lies concerning the COVID shot and all that stuff. And we've been, and our YouTube page has been pulled down because of, they said, misinformation about COVID. So I think what they're talking about here is people like me, you know, who, don't just take what's being fed to us, but say, like, man, let me look into this myself and see what's going on here. Again, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine the public trust in U.S. government institutions, 
And they, uh, and they give the example. There is widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. So that's number one. That's at the top of the list of people who can be considered domestic terrorists. Hmm. But then it goes on. It said, continue calls for violence directed at U.S. Uh, critical infrastructure, soft targets, and mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, um, institutions of higher education, racial and religious minorities, government facilities, and personnel, including law enforcement. And I'm glad they, they see what's happening to our law enforcement as a threat. And military, that's great. The media and perceived ideological opponents. And under that, there, there, was, there was three I wanted to highlight. As a, uh, one says, as COVID-19 restrictions continue to decrease nationwide, as they should, because, again, we're pointing out how this stuff has not been true. And, and, and let me say this, not that COVID-19 is not real. I'm not saying that and that it hasn't had an effect. But some of these measures that have been taken have been overblown. OK, I just want I need to say that. But they're saying that. As COVID-19 restrictions continue to decrease nationwide, increased access to commercial and government facilities and the rising number of mass gatherings could provide increased opportunities for individuals looking to commit acts of violence to do so, often with little or no warning. Meanwhile, COVID-19 mitigation measures, particularly COVID-19 vaccine and mask mandates, have been used by domestic violent extremists to justify violence since 2020. And could continue to inspire these extremists to target government, healthcare, and academic institutions that they associate with those measures. Wow. So if you have a beef with the mask or the mandates, man, we got to keep our eye on you because you may fall into this category of domestic terrorism. And as people are able to get back together and gather in churches or concerts and all, these people may come out. And do something bad. Hmm. Another one says some domestic violent extremists have continued to advocate for violence in response to false or misleading narratives about unsubstantiated election fraud. The months preceding the upcoming 2022 midterm elections could provide additional opportunities for these extremists and other individuals to call for violence directed at democratic institutions, political candidates, party offices, election events, and election workers. Hmm. So, man, basically, they're saying, look, people are mad about the last presidential election, and they have given in to this unfounded information of fraud. So going forward, when we have our next elections, they might try to do something. So you need, we need to keep a watch on them because they may be domestic terrorists. Wow. Okay. Now, look, I want us to be protected. And if, for people who are doing wrong, yes, we should keep an eye. But it seems like some of this stuff is generalized. If you believe this way, you probably are this. Like, everybody? Everybody. Ah, I don't know. And it says a small number of threat act actors are attempting to use the evacuation and resettlement of Afghan nationals following the U.S. military withdrawal uh, from. Afghanistan last year as a means to exacerbate long-standing grievances and justify attacks against 
immigrants. How do I interpret this? Well, if you have a problem with the immigration policies of this country, you know, or what they're doing now, maybe not the policies because they're not adhering to them, but what they're doing now, and you have beef with people who come from other countries and you feel like, hey, they're here illegally and they didn't do it right, well, we got to keep an eye on you because you might be one of those ones who may become a domestic terrorist. Look, again, when we read this type of thing, we can look at it and say, man, ultimately, it's to silence the Christian. That's what I believe. I believe ultimately the end game, the final frontier of the Marxist agenda is the church. And having this knowledge, I believe that we have to be vigilant. We can't walk back. So Satan hate those who are in Christ. He hate those who are in Christ. John chapter 15, verse 18 to 20 says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for the sake of righteousness, not for folly, for righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's already been set. It's already been set. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and, as, and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake. As a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how of what you are, are, are to say, for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Amen. Brother will betray brother to death and father his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. He already told it's already been set, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. It's already been set. We must remain vigilant, sober-minded, and ask God for courage to stand. Things change because courageous men and women resist and stand. Thomas Jefferson said, the spirit of resistance to government is so valuable on certain occasions that I wish it to be always kept alive. We have to stand. We have to stand. Well, I hope this has encouraged your heart that persecution will happen. Things will come. But we are in Christ and we can stand. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. Be with you tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, God bless. <laughs>